we're seriously interested in this question of extraterrestrial penetration of the human world on two grounds immediately the mushroom bears looking at first argument entirely a physical argument psilocybin institutionalized, my brain was studied exhaustively in the guise of mental health. I was interrogated, I was x-rayed, I was examined. Thoroughly. Then, they took everything about me and put it into a computer where they created this model of my mind. Yes. Using that model they managed to generate every thought I could possibly have in the next, say, 10 years. Which they then filtered through a probability matrix of some kind to to determine everything I was gonna do in that period. So you see, she knew I was gonna lead the army of the 12 monkeys into the pages of history before it ever even occurred to me. She knows everything I'm ever gonna do before I know it myself. How is that? Welcome back to another episode of the Humor and the Abject Podcast, UUFO Spotting, Photographic Negative Slashing Screedlers. This is Stefan Lee, the podcast studio manager. Many listeners have been asking recently if I have also moved from Brooklyn to Austin, Texas. What an interesting question. An interesting question, if you are a fucking ghoul. LOL. Get bent. On this week's episode, we've got artist Oliver Leach, who you're probably already following on Twitter under the unholy banner of Bakun. That's right. The Golden Boy. Let's turn it over to your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney.
I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 80 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, Screedlers. Fall is here, at least technically, and I wish a wonderful wardrobe expansion to each and every one of you. Uh, what do you think of this background music? I heard this song the other day on WFMU, and I have become obsessed with it. It's called Boo Boo and His Friends, and it's by Hans Reichel, Rachel, Rachel, Hans Reichel, I don't know. Uh, apparently the instrument he's playing is called a daxophone, something of his own design, and it sounds fucking ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> Uh, if you're a music nerd and it's like basic to like this or something or everybody already knows about this, I don't care. Come down to Austin and beat my butt about it if you have to. Uh, anyways, this week on the podcast, I am joined remotely by San Francisco artist Oliver Leach, whom you may already know by his Twitter presence as Bakun. Oliver creates densely layered photographic work that recalls uh, like unsettling moments from science fiction and horror and then sells original works, uh, prints of those pieces at extremely reasonable prices straight to his audience from Twitter and beyond. We've been in touch over Twitter for a while now, and I wanted to know a little bit more about what made him tick. It was a real treat to get to gab with him, and I'm glad that I get to share it with all of you. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Oliver Leach. Welcome to Humor the Abject. Thank you for joining me. Howdy. How's it going? It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. How are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You I, was, sound I don't know. I was definitely working, but that's uh, every night. Yeah. How's fall kicking off in California? Uh, exactly uh, the same as every other day. Really? Has the mist, Did... the fog cleared today in the Bay Area, as they say? Uh Climate change has kind of killed the fog a bit. Wait, really? Yeah, it's not. I don't really. See the, I see the fog once a month now. Jesus. Okay, and you were just saying right before we uh, hopped on mic here that you're in San Francisco proper. Oh yeah, yeah. How? The, I, how? Uh, I found a rent-controlled spot. My landlady's ca- uh, camera wasn't working when she put it up on Craigslist. Oh, so it just looked terrible, or it just had. There's nothing. no photo. There was, and she. Uh, <laughs> And her like, description was poorly spelt. Excellent. And I just couldn't find a spot. And I, I have a garage. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so you don't have to do that thing where you move your car 15 times a week. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to tell people about it, kind of. No, I'm, never I'm, I'm sort of blowing up my spot right now okay, a little well, bit. Don't say what neighborhood or anything. We'll keep, no, no, that, no, no. We'll keep that in the in the. It's not box. in a great neighborhood, but that's fun. I mean, whatever, you know. Um, I'm used to that. Yeah. yeah, I'm just sitting here. It's uh, it's still pretty fucking. So you're hot. in Austin. Now, yeah, right? it's pretty hot here. It's not. I mean, I used to live in Phoenix, so it's not the worst. I mean, it's oh, not yeah. the worst thing I've ever experienced, but it's still pretty hot. It's like 90 today. Well, Texas gets just like sweaty hot. Yeah. Are you, wait, are you? I from... grew up in Dallas area, Arlington. Arlington between Dallas and Fort Worth. I've heard of Arlington. And it is a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> but like really poorly run. It's like. When a town's got like a, like 
you know, a big sports stadium, you know, there's some sort of grift going on, right? Yeah. This town's got four. What? Wait, who well, put what sports? Well, no, they're tearing down one. Oh, okay. There's uh, there's the first Texas Ranger Stadium. Uh huh. George W. Bush built another, which he actually stole my family's land to uh, build on. Wait, like eminent domain style? Yeah, he had the city condemn it illegally. What? George W. Bush personally, that, that piece <laughs> of shit. What? So we, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, so that's like a baseball stadium. They're building okay. a third Texas Ranger Stadium because of climate change again. Oh, to put like a roof on? Yeah. Wait, I heard saying, about this because it's too yeah, fucking, fucking hot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's uh, and Jesus. Then God. there's the Cowboy Stadium. Okay. Which is the largest dome structure in the history of mankind. What's dumb about it? Oh, domed. Oh, not dumb. the dumb. <laughs> it sounds kind of dumb, too. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's like, you know, it makes the Hagia Sophia look like a piece of shit. Do you come, we really did it. Do you come back to Texas ever? I go back pretty family. often, actually. Yeah, I got my parents are back there, and I got friends back there, and I go. That's mostly where I do the shooting for my work. Yeah, my shooting. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that a bit because I think that most people um, who probably listen to Humor in the Abject know you uh, online as Bakun. Am I oh pronouncing yeah, yeah, that correctly. Yeah. I've never heard it said out loud. Bakun. It's not meant to be said out loud. Yeah, so you know, and Bakun is a mostly benevolent. Twitter shit oh, yeah, poster yeah. with a clothed dog yeah. as an avatar. Um, the, na- it- the name came from it came from uh, a friend's mother's mispronunciation of the name of a Japanese comic book. <laughs> what is the correct pronunciation? I don't know. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and you know, I mean, and we can talk about shit posting today if we get to it. But I did want to talk about your art. That's why I asked you on here. So you said that you go to deck. Uh, you I said guess. that you go to the well, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington area and do a lot of your shooting. Um, and I would categorize what you do as photography, but you have a pretty unique set of processes that go into making one of your prints. Yeah, it's right? photo based. Photo based. Definitely. Photo adjacent, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't call it photo Jason. It's, it's firmly fucking. Jesus. I use like cameras on topic. It's sort of like, it's like beyond, it's like more photo than photo. It's Rob Zombie stuff. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Jesus taking me back. <laughs> uh, well, could you describe then what's your studio setup like and how do you make the imagery? It sounds like you go shoot in Texas some, but what do you I shoot? Uh, yeah. It's 35 millimeter uh, slide film, you know, color, color negative film uh just around the neighborhoods and where i grew up just the houses like where i'd go walk you know that's yeah it's sort of where you know it's the shit that creeps me out i guess the shit that it's where i go when i sleep <laughs> it's, you know yeah it's a lot of uh it's a lot of suburbia yeah it's sort of the noise in the back okay. the background you know and then what do you do with the... So you're taking original photographs. You're taking 35-millimeter color right. slide film. And then what are you doing with those? Because... Like I hack it up. I put on a light box. I cut them up. I remove, you know, things I don't want to look at. I create, you know, sort of yawning crevasses of nothing. Yeah. Otherworldly shit? Yeah. You know, just shit that creeps me out. Stuff that I would like to look at. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's, you know, you have a, you've got some yeah. prints that clearly reference UFOs and things like that. And I guess with the suburbia thing for me, it's a slightly odd juxtaposition, um, at least, like I said, personally, because I generally associate. Well, it's, uh, it's UFO and it's horror. And horror. Okay. There's plenty horror, of horror in suburbia. Oh, yeah. 
And there's plenty of UFO in suburbia as well. Really? I mean, I guess my brain goes to kind of people who experience these things in a more remote, like rural or desert setting. Uh, both. Oh, no, there's plenty of, you know, abduction stuff in the suburbs. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. This and is... that's where, you know, the ghosts are. Ghosts live in houses. Yeah. New houses. <laughs> New suburban homes. <laughs> they're, sort of, yeah. They're young ghosts. I don't know. Uh, I think it's just like the ending of Poltergeist. Okay. So does that do a lot of the compositions and kind of aesthetic cues come from, I mean, they look, the work looks a little bit anachronistic in that it kind of seems like it's borrowing from aesthetics of science fiction television or horror movies from like I a take few a lot decades of my ago. From kind the, my favorite art gallery of my youth. What's that? Which was like the local video stores horror movie wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what all of my images are. That kind of vertically oriented, like a movie poster. Uh-huh. Each one is, in a way, a poster for a movie that I'd like to see. In a way, there used to be this when I lived in Portland. There was this. God, I wish I could remember the name of the video store. It's movie madness, there, but it was like famous for uh, maintain, you know, sort of holding out despite Netflix and all these things. And it was this great video store that you could go to, and their horror section was crazy. And it was organized by like really fun uh, micro genres within horror, like oh yeah, that sounds good. Like, oh yeah, terrible teens, uh, like it came from the great beyond, things like that. So you had to like do a little bit of digging about what you were feeling about watching, and then they were alphabetized therein or by director. But you had to know what kind of horror film you wanted to watch before you could find something. That's sort of great. Yeah, I mean Netflix sort of tried to do that. What is your? But they kind of ate it. Do yeah. you have Netflix? Uh, I have uh, my mother's Netflix account. Nice. What is your? Yeah. How's your algorithm working for you? Uh, they they just want me to watch a lot more horror movies. You know. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you have any particular faves? Anything new that people should check out? Got on Netflix. Uh, I don't know. Let me see a new stuff on there. They put Terrifier on there. What's it's that? This really horrific kind of throwback slasher movie not really for the squeamish but yeah it's it's a nasty one really nasty i can't i have trouble oh, yeah. with really nasty yeah like people getting cut in half and like you know like pretty graphically yeah. i guess if it becomes cartoonish i can handle it but when it feels real that's when i get a little like <sighs> well this is sort of both at the same time okay i might be able to do that maybe i don't know yeah <laughs> i think that there's one. I mean, I know that they're not. Uh, they're not the most celebrated horror films, but uh, maybe it was like the second Saw movie. There was just one scene that like kind of <laughs> ruined me, and it was somebody getting thrown into a pit filled with uh, oh, yeah, syringes. With yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> it's like the worst. That would, that would be fun to do. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I think still, and I've. Oh yeah. I feel like I've seen that it. first Saw movie. There's. I don't know. There's a couple of great. There's a bit where a guy's in a dark house and he's sort of going through it with a camera flash. Uh-huh. Oh, to like yeah. find his way through. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh-huh. That, yeah, the director Lee's a good guy. Oh, Upgrade. Oh yeah, his new one was a good one. Upgrade. Oh yeah, that's good to check out. Um, I mean, is that uh? Do you have you just sort of synthesized that aesthetic, or are you consciously when you're making the work trying to nod to these things, or is it just kind of like what you do now? It's kind of what I do now. I kind of make a lot of images every day. Yeah, you got. I don't have. I don't have a normal job right now. I just make art and sell it. Yeah. So I I just make art all day. Do you? uh, 
Yeah. I was going to, you just mentioned that you sell it. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was you kind of have this, you know, uh, direct to buyer system going on. That's pretty interesting in the way that, you... yeah, I, I had a gallery, uh, you know, I had a couple of galleries and like, they, you know, they took their cut, they sold it and I sold, you know, a few like large pieces, you know, three or four pieces a year to like wealthy collectors I'd never meet. And it was weird. I don't know. So I figured what would be a way, like, what could I sell cheap enough to where normal people could buy it? It could be in a normal person's house. Yeah. Do you think- And as far as like pricing goes, like, have you ever heard of a Japanese comic book called Blackjack? No. It's about the greatest surgeon in the world. Okay. <laughs> who travels the world in like okay. a motorboat, like a... Uh, his little servant he made out of a teratoma. Okay. Do you know what a teratoma is? No. Have you ever seen the dark half? No. Stephen King. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, it's a tumor inside the human body that is made up of a twin that the human, like the, that you uh, absorbed in utero. Oh yeah, I know about that. Like uh, Liberace did, you know? Yeah. And Elvis. Did. But like, so sometimes the twin will absorb the, the other twin hmm. into their body. Yeah. But it will yeah. leave like a tumor. With like teeth and stuff inside of it, like an eyeball. I have heard of this. I just did not know that term. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's wild. And so that's his servant. Yeah, he built one out of that. Okay, but uh, he goes around the world like doing operations that no one could ever do. And if it's a rich person, he says like, "All right," he saves their life, and he said, "Give me a billion dollars." Yeah, you piece of shit. Sliding scale. Yeah, and if it's uh, you know, if it's like some construction worker gets like a a beam falls on him, he says, "You're free." You know, whatever. That's wonderful. So I thought I'd like to do something like that in art, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, on your site, a lot of the prints are like, they're like 150 bucks, which is like yeah. for an, uh, for a work of art is extremely it's like a, reasonable. It's like a good, it's a C print, you know, it's like, yeah. And, but they're small, but I, these, I sell, uh, I don't audition these. I sell one print for each image. Oh, wow. I, really? I, yeah. That's, you know, one print, each image, 150. Wow. So when somebody gets it, they're getting that nobody else is going to have that thing. Well, I'll audition it out larger uh-huh. for much more. Okay. But I like to sell my work prints, you know. Yeah. Do you have a sense of, are, do you feel like the people who are purchasing this stuff, are they people who aren't like art world humpers? Are they kind of more Absolutely not. regular I mean, people? Some of them, like, I've had collectors, you know, pick up a pile of them, you know, but just kind of people just want like stuff for their house. It kind of feels great. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, you, it's like a different unserved art avenue, kind of. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Do you think of it as uh, practical or political or a little bit of both? That kind of approach. Uh, I think of it as I need to pay my rent, <laughs> and the political is nice on top of that. Yeah, like not having to pay a 50% cut to someone who's kind of rude to me is, you know, it's sort of beautiful. Yeah. And then, I mean, until you just kind of said that, I mean, I don't uh, make the type of work that gets sold in galleries anyways, but if you do, and let's say the gallery does take 50%, you still owe taxes on your 50%, right? Yeah. 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 So you're getting like maybe 30%. Oh yeah. And I'm still totally willing to, you know, sign up with the gallery at some point, but I guess, but they'll have to like sweeten the deal a bit for me at this point because I don't really need it. I don't know. 
Yeah, what if they gave you a uh, a non compete clause with your own like Twitter sales and you had to? I wouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I would say no. Like you know, you'll lick me, fuck off. You know, like you know, like it's like not having to rely on on sort of that end of the system. Yeah, does give you a kind of different attitude about it. Do you think that? Um... I mean, I don't know. You went to art school and stuff, right? Like you have. Oh yeah, yeah. I went to, like, I went to grad school. It's like I'm still pay the, be paying for that shit till I die. Yeah, or don't pay it. You know, either way. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that as you've gotten older and you've kind of discovered this different model, are you finding less that you give a shit about validation from the capital A art world? Uh, I don't know if I ever did really. Yeah. I don't know. Like I. I'm kind of, I'm a crazy person. I just want to make shit that I want to see kind of. Yeah. And like, I don't know how much validation from the art world I ever really looked for. Like, I got like, I went to art school just because why the fuck did I go to art school? I don't know. It can be pretty fun. Yeah. It was really, I mean, it could have been fun. I just stayed in my studio and, and made art the whole time. I did not have fun at all. <laughs> Well, that's probably a good model for what you're doing now, then. Oh yeah, but like I'm, yeah, I'm going back and talking to the kids at my grad school and telling, you know, saying like there is another path. Potentially, you don't have to listen to these people a little bit, you know. Well, if any of their teachers had um, were selling in galleries, they wouldn't be teaching, probably. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no shade. It's like no shade to any of my teachers, but I mean that's no. Like... I mean, you know, like selling in gallery it's sort of like winning the lottery but it's kind of a shitty lottery yeah yeah and then i guess you kind of i don't know and it seems like you've got a pace of production though that suits the type of working that you make instead of kind of like let's say you did have a commercial gallery you'd have your um you know once every two years your big solo show or something like that they probably would only want to show larger pieces probably present them in a really particular way and so then you'd be making all of this stuff that would just sit in your studio Oh yeah, I, they would make me, you know, put a cap on it, and I, I would hate that. Yeah, that's that's. Like, I like showing shit off. I don't know. Yeah, and you do. You kind of like release um, series, right? Am I understanding that correctly? <laughs> yeah, one a month. One a month. Yeah, you know, like the fifty best pieces I made that month. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Do you have uh Do you hear from people that uh, are not? generally art audiences who get into it because they found you on Twitter and now they like this and then they kind of feel like, hey, I can own some art. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like like dozens of people. It's great. That's really cool. Um, so there are like also... The art, like art world, I don't know. It's it's kind of a bummer. Oh, it's, and, it's a pretty big bummer. And I like, I don't know. We can make it more fun if we want. Yeah, I mean, I think that those alternative forms of distribution are certainly something that there are lots and lots of conversations about them all the time, but it usually just, every situation is so specific that it just kind of requires for somebody figuring out, well, how does it work with what you make? And if you can do it, then do it. Yeah, and it's like, I like, and even having a show right now, like I was, like last time I was in New York, I went to a party with a bunch of gallery people who kind of wanted to meet me, you know, just from Twitter, they knew me. And they're asking, he's like, what are you up to? Are you thinking about a show? Would you like to do a show in town? I just said, not, no, not really right now. <laughs> like, I'm fine. I don't like, 
that would be a waste of time for me right now. I mean, I'm not against the idea, but I kind of just feel like making art right now. I don't know. It's it's a weird position to be in. Well, it sounds like though what you're doing though, there's still a built-in risk. You know what I mean? Um, oh, absolutely. And you're. Yeah. But why not? I mean, why not have the opportunity to do things the way that you want if you can set your own terms and if it works and you're not trying to chase some kind of like big, I don't know, like break or whatever, then what the fuck? It's like, it's like the, the, the making of the shit is the fun part to me. So like I just massage my life to where I can do that the most, I guess. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. I think a lot about like, like a really talented, basically like, you know, a professional musician who maybe lives in, I don't know, like Minneapolis or something. And they make their living just like playing out as like a gig player or a session musician. Oh, yeah. And they're not trying, they're sustaining, they're getting to do what they like to do. And they're not trying to like have five minutes in the spotlight or something like that, which is a much more sustainable and probably like day to day rewarding kind of life. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say, you know, it's not like selling art like this. It is not the most lucrative lifestyle, but like it's livable. I mean, which is a weird thing to say about art, I guess. Well, and if you have figured out a situation like with a good apartment that you know that you're going to stick around in and you're not living above your means. I was just talking on the last episode with um, OK Fox and Lucia Love, who have this podcast called Art and Labor, and they were sort of saying, you know, just don't don't live above your means and you have a safety net for being able to kind of sometimes do what you want or whatever the fuck you want. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm fully comfortable living like, you know, a hermit. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I live in my studio. Is, you know. is your studio in your house? Yeah. Okay. I've got one bedroom and a studio and a bathroom. Nice. No kitchen. Yeah. Uh, there's like a half kitchen in the studio, like a kitchenette. Yeah. That's cute. Do you like, cook I don't in it? Cook. No. I, you answered. You knew what I was going to ask. I absolutely cannot cook. Yeah. <laughs> I live on fucking peanut butter sandwiches. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm so close to just being a caveman at this point. I really am. I miss Whataburger. I miss Texas a bit. Is Whataburger a Texas thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering that because I see it everywhere here. It's a Texas burger chain. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's a pretty good burger. It's a thing, but like the quality is consistent 24 hours a day. That's good. A great burger at 3.45 a.m. That's their job. That's the Whataburger promise. That's their promise? Should I go? Their logo looks like Weezer's, which is cool, I guess. Yeah, or like Winger. Do you remember Winger? <laughs> Dude, wait, who? Ralph, wait, what was Beavis and Butthead's? Uh, oh, uh, Stuart. Stuart, did he wear a Winger shirt? Yeah, he did. <laughs> that's, the only, yeah. that's the only Stuart reason. Stuart couldn't go to school because he had diarrhea. That's the, only, <laughs> that's the only reason I know what Winger is, is because of that. Actually, Beavis and Butthead was how I found out about a lot of bands. <laughs> I, I think God, that, that show holds up yeah it's great there was a i remember they were watching um i think it was a sick of it all video you know like oh, the yeah, new york yeah. hardcore band or whatever and they were talking about that it was a video where everybody's just doing hardcore dances and they were naming the dances beavis and butthead were and <laughs> they were like this one's called the double fart knocker nad twist and just like <laughs> i just remember being a kid and watching that and just being like <laughs> 
really excited to like get into hardcore because I wanted to do a double fart knocker nad twist. Oh yeah, you just watch it as a kid like this is just the apex of of you know media. Yeah, I wanted to be I wanted to have a couch like that. Um, well, you're pretty you're pretty popular on Twitter, um, but there also there seem to be some people that weirdly enough, yeah, there seem to be some people that really don't like you. Um, primarily uh like alt-right people oh yeah um yeah. <laughs> you're blocked by a lot of them is that correct well yeah yeah where they get mad at you yeah do they are they yeah. jumping into your replies or are you going around looking for digital dust-ups are you inserting yourself into skirmishes or uh i don't like those people so i sort of like seek them out and make their day bad uh-huh. i'm <laughs> like i'm sort of like I'm from another age of the internet, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, where we were buttholes a bit. Yeah. Well, those people live their lives as buttholes, so... Yeah, I mean, they deserve it. It doesn't seem that weird to do it to them online. Yeah, like, I have no... I have no, like, no patience for right-wingers. I grew up in Texas. I don't have a second patience for that shit. Yeah. Are you, uh... Are you very political yourself? Uh... You know, to a point, you know. Like I'm, I'm I'm a registered uh, socialist organizer. Really? Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, in yeah, you, you sort of got to be at this point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I think the the reason that I'm asking is because clearly there's like a a lefty slant to your kind of sense of humor and your engagements on Twitter and things like that. But uh, oftentimes it does feel like people kind of just sort of that's the default try it on um sort of personality on twitter versus somebody who you know has. i any think kind it's of... i've always been that way like i grew up that way my parents were lefties as well kind of and i i i just never liked a bully i guess yeah and that's that's sort of what right wingers do it's pretty much all they do yeah i figured i'll you know anytime you can bully the bully that's that's not a bad day. Yeah. Do they get they get extremely mad online with you? Well, sure. You know, <laughs> that's like, yeah. Do you have that? I feel like I've seen you tweet that picture of that pig that has poop on its testicles. Oh, yeah. I, I photoshopped a little tiny one of those like little red hats onto the turd. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd like the Trump hat, you know? Oh, a MAGA hat, yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, okay, so you can't... Not my friend Jesse, though. What, what, what is his name? Bronze Hammer, Jesse Farrar. Good friend of mine. He's the one who said, uh... Oh, about drowning kids? Yeah, he got a Fox News <laughs> repeatedly. What did he say? He said that he thought that... Like, like Charlie Kirk, that, like... Yeah, that Turning Point USA guy? College Republican shithead. Yeah. He was uh, saying, like, you know, college Republicans are an endangered breed in the society. Oh, and my yeah. friend Jesse said, like, yeah, let's stick their heads in the toilet till they drown. And then they got... And he got, they got, and so, he got so upset he got Fox News. Yeah. That's legendary. <laughs> That's yeah. um, okay. So you came of age or kind of cut your teeth on the internet in this sort of, I guess, more like for the lulls kind of generation. Um <laughs> Do you is that kind of what you think informed your sense of humor, or was there other stuff that a young bakun was intaking that kind of led to where you are? Like humor wise? Yeah. What did you get into? Yeah. Uh old underground comics that like my friend Stoner, like Acid Burnout Dad gave us. Oh, I thought you were saying your friend Stoner, and I was like, Your friend's name is Stoner? 
That'd be a pretty good name. Yeah. Have you ever seen Outside Providence? No. Just, Is there a guy named Stoner in it? No. There's this. Well, there's this guy named Drugs Delaney, and he writes. <laughs> <laughs> and he writes his friend a letter. Uh, well, his friend is at boarding school and like the headmaster calls his friend in the office and is like, do you have a friend named drugs? And he's like, <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, drugs Delaney. And he's like, how many individuals named drugs could you possibly know? <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Um, but yeah. So, Will's mom just married a guy named Hank Steele. Hank Steele. That's a porn name. Yeah. Yeah. He's some sort of like a rich guy from Houston. Really? Saying that name over and over in my head. There was a guy in my hometown who was in the phone book whose name was Harry Hornblower. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't feel good about this now, but I relentlessly prank called him when I was a kid. I mean, it was like, you could just go through the phone book and find names. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. You just call people up. God, I remember me and my buddy, John, we found, we got, we got, we found this book, you know, we weren't supposed to have of all the teacher's home phone numbers. What? Yeah. Wow. So he got a roll of quarters and went to a payphone, and we just had a night. <laughs> Did they get flipped out? Yeah, it was bad. So it was good. That's kind of, yeah, that makes sense. That falls in line with kind of like later life kind of Twitter <laughs> arguments with yeah, people trying to own people on Twitter. Just like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, we weren't that rude. We just, you know, bellowed on the phone. <laughs> yeah. No, I was a big, I loved doing prank calls and I wouldn't say, I mean, I was never mean. I wasn't clever enough. I don't think when I was a kid to be that mean, but I loved prank calling people. Oh yeah. That's Twitter. There was not. Yeah, totally. There was nothing else to do. I feel like, um, do you know Longmont potion castle? Fuck yes. Yes. God. Yeah. That stuff is like, that is on some different level. I mean, that's like, you know, people talk about kind of like, uh, I guess like, the the difficulty in doing victimless comedy like to 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 be funny without like punching down does that make sense oh yeah like longmont potion castle is not like always a sterling example of that but the absurdism of it where there's really not like a victim like it's just so outrageously weird and, oh yeah and the when he's like i'm gonna come over there and beat the bongos I mean, up on your butt buster actually gonna go over there <laughs> and you know with a tennis racket but he's fucking calling trebek and he's like he calls he calls alex trebek a lot i feel like oh yeah 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 and one of them he's like telling him that he's got a he's got a ups truck filled with like goat goat wool or something from like <laughs> azerbaijan that's like on its way to his house it's like three tons of goat wool or some shit like that and alex trebek is like you better not bring that you better not bring that here and if you do you better bring it in person it's just like it's there was insane. a whole album where he cut all of himself out and he just had the responses. <laughs> what? I've never heard that. It's so good. And it's just these people going like, what? I didn't order any dog bowel. Oh, my God. I don't God. want any dog bowel. I, I am like a worshiper of the long. Like, I don't want to gnash the peacock bowel. The on-the-fly audio editing is amazing, too. Just all of the, like, weird... And the people are oh, like, yeah. I'm sorry, is, something, is there something going on on your end of the phone? And he just, like, turns it off immediately. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah it's brilliant yeah it's totally crazy and it's funny because it's like to compare that to something like the jerky boys which i thought was fucking hilarious when i was a kid but like oh, sure. longmont potion castle holds up i think way better than like the jerky boys does. the jerky boys does not hold up no it is pretty bad oh <laughs> yeah it's like it's pretty gnarly Andrew Dice Clay does not hold up. Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't, but I think that's what I mean about Longmont is it's just like, it's so out there. There's no like, it's not homophobic. It's not misogynist. It's not racist. It's just insane. 
Like it, it's it feels like a really stone guy making himself laugh. Yeah, yeah. I read they did an interview in like uh, what is it, noisy? That's like Vice's music thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. did like an interview with Longmont Potion Castle a couple years ago and didn't say who it was or anything, you know, because it's like who is this person? But it was really funny because they were like, because I think since uh, you know YouTube has exploded, people have uploaded that stuff and it found this whole oh, yeah. other audience. You know, before I remember people saying that they would like listen to it on tapes as they went like yeah, yeah, bands, yeah, the tape around, yeah, yeah, and bands would listen to it when they were on like their tour or whatever to pass the time. And then now it's like anybody can listen at any time. God, that stuff is good. I'm I'm glad he's yeah. I hope he gets a huge. Well, I don't know. A huge audience might kind of kill it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's it's kind of like the weird thing too is that the stuff feels sort of like timeless in this weird way. Like I don't. I wouldn't be able to tell you if one was brand new or old, oh, but yeah. I guess it's just like you couldn't really get that many people on their landline. And it's like a thousand times funnier to call somebody at home than it is oh, to God, call yeah. somebody on their cell phone. Oh, yeah. Or call somebody at work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of absurdist stuff, did you have did you have something to do with uh, the motherfucking share zones playing card game? Did you design something for that? I did. What did that you? Was super, what did you? I do? designed the, the like. I I designed a few of the cards. Okay. Like I went in the studio and I I made some shit, just weird skeleton shit, you know. Uh huh. And I composited a, a skeleton man. And I I made the uh the, the special limited edition box. It's like it looks like a skull's head. You open up the top of it. Yeah, that was weird. I I got in touch with the guy through a uh, Drew Fairweather, Drew Toothpaste. Oh yeah. Yeah, that guy's hilarious. Yeah, that guy's been doing funny shit on the internet forever. Wait, so did you, you were in direct correspondence with admin? No, <laughs> I did through Drew, okay. who knows admin. <laughs> yeah, but the share zone, I, it's, uh, how would you describe it? I mean, that too is that kind of, I think, falls into that same kind of absurdist thing where it's just like, it uses the vernacular of things that people understand and appears to be edgy, but it's like completely innocuous at the same time yeah it's about this uh, skeleton man's bad life yeah and, and he uh, hates his boss visually it looks like you know <laughs> a, like a, a piece of you know like text on an image from facebook yeah yeah i mean it looks like stuff that i thought kicked ass when i was a kid oh yeah like i definitely it, thought all of those things kicked ass well you know did they ever stop kicking ass no really? i mean i guess a skeleton in fire is always pretty cool yeah I mean, curse like, words. Yeah. I do like swears. Toilets, curse words, weed. Yeah, telling your boss to fuck off. Yeah, stealing shit from work. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, things are still cool. It's really cool. It's good that something yeah. like the share zone exists to remind me of that. Exactly. Yeah, like li- life is pain. <laughs> Steal some shit from work. I think I tweeted something about this a while ago, but like I was... I was in the shower at my old apartment in Brooklyn and my girlfriend Claire just like knocked on the door and came in and I was like, what's up? And she was like, I feel like the share zone is for boys. <laughs> I, was just like, I was like, why are, are you looking at the share zone? Like, why are you coming in and telling me this? It was like the coolest thing. It was just like, wow. it is very, I mean, it isn't only for boys, but I, under- it is not, it's for but everybody. I understood the, I understood the sentiment, you know, she's just like, I feel like this is for boys. And I was like, yeah, I get why. It's for everyone, but it's for boys. Instagram though, I can't stand. Yeah. Is that because you're a photographer or because of the content? Both. Just everything about, I, like, I don't like square images. I don't like you don't the have shit to- I see on it. I don't like, I know I don't. Dude, you don't have to do square anymore. Really? Yeah, you can do uh, mild landscape and slightly portrait. 
See, I don't like any sort of constraints like that. Fuck it. But they kind of cut it off. No, I don't. I don't even want to deal with that. I don't know. And just this, this. I think Instagram's bad for art, and I haven't really solidified the theory yet. It's just when I go to an artist studio, I can tell if they really are big into Instagram almost instantly. That makes sense. Yeah, it's hard to verbalize it, but like. No, there's certain like uh, to think uh, in advance of your work as being cropped in a particular format, and that's where your audience is going to experience it. I mean, I guess that could be like a savvy young person's approach too. But I do understand. What totally. you, I do understand. And also, what you're like saying. the curation of like the grid, like that. Uh-huh. You know the way thinking of that grid. You know, and like how your work relates to each other through that the Instagram's grid. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, I don't know. It just skis me out. And just the fact that, like, as an artist, I had dozens of people over and over tell me, it's like, well, you got to get an Instagram account. Oh, yeah. It's where the galleries are. You know, it's where you got to get an Instagram account. And I, whenever, the more people tell me to do something, the, the, the least likely I am to do it. Well, what else is bad for art? Anything else besides Instagram as we kind of, as we're rounding this thing out? I want to uh... get you, you got any hot takes for me? What's bad for art? Everything. Everything? Nothing's good for art. <laughs> Nothing is good for art. What about living in California? Uh, weather's nice. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's I it? I don't know. What about- is there a good place to... Like, I'm, it's nice that like you don't have to live in New York or LA or Berlin anymore to make a, like, to, to make your, like, a name for yourself as an artist. No. I mean, I think that it's... I, I certainly, as somebody who just left New York, I feel like I'd be like a bullshitter if I offered any opinion because I'm too close to the damn thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I do, I do definitely see the value in living in one of those places and sort of being enmeshed in it. Um, but I do agree with you that I think that uh, very much so you can operate in lots of different places. And if you know what you're doing and you have a particular kind of definition of success for yourself that doesn't oh yeah that doesn't automatically like, follow what like you said what teachers tell people in schools or things like that then yeah you can absolutely be oh yeah in a like i wouldn't be places. able to you know i wouldn't be able to do this at all if i wasn't like a maniac who didn't make a pile of work every day like and i can't stop doing that but like it's it's not for everybody but do you, have- you don't need to like go to openings and suck dick yeah. <laughs> you know you don't need to now do you uh do you have trouble getting over the first 15 minutes or do you kind of have a routine like you hit the studio and you know what you're doing the first 15 minutes what's is that like a thing i don't know i just remember people saying that to me when i was in school they were like the hardest part is you know the first 15 minutes and i think that is probably for people who don't have um it sounds like you have a compulsion to make the stuff that you make oh yeah no it's like a it's it's like muscle memory uh-huh it's like i wake up and i can't wait to get started really what time yeah. what time do you like to wake up you're morning person afternoon person no like, <laughs> really <laughs> like two in the afternoon two in the afternoon yeah i, I work I, like i work till you know four or five a.m and go to bed why do you work so late i well i need to be like completely dead dark for my process for the exposures or something yeah because i okay i never taught like so i we kind of tangent it off i so i i shoot the slides right yeah i asked this is like the first question i asked you and you're just answering it now jesus christ (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> Lay it on me. I, no, I do want to know. Tell me. Yeah. I cut them up. I make new slides out of them. Uh-huh. And uh, I do use found material. I try to use stuff. Like I've had photographers in my family in the past. Like my great grandfather, my uncle were photographers. So I have a lot of their negatives and slides and I slice them up and I make new things out of them. Just can't like, you know, try to keep it in the blood a bit, but I do use found stuff otherwise. But, and then I, I've got three projectors in a line and a blank wall uh-huh. and I project things on top of each other. And I've got a series of kind of articulated arms. I made out of wires and shit. I hang from the ceiling. Whoa. I know. And I, use that to hold filters and stuff. And I, you know, I uh, manipulate filters by hand, like in a dark room kind of, and I do long exposure photographs of these resulting projections. And that's like the piece. So are you layering, like you have a couple different projectors going at the same time and you're layering images that way. Yeah. And also multiple slides per projector. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, right on, right on. So it's like on the back end, but also on what actually hits the wall. Oh no. Like the piece itself is all, you know, I don't do besides like a little bit of like shuffling for color. I don't do any post production editing at all. Right, but the photo, like the print, like if I look on your website and I look at one of the prints, that's yeah. a photograph that you've taken. That's a of, picture of my wall of your wall, right? And so you've yeah. got like two different projectors going, and those might be projecting two different images. But within those projectors, there might be a couple different slides layered too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're building kind of these structural, sculptural images that end up flat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think of it as like I sort of modeled after 19th century spirit photography, which I'm kind of obsessed with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it's that like the, the same- machine and the thing I'm making? That's the ghost, and I, I'm taking the spirit photograph of it. It's like a little snap of it. You know? Yeah. Is that related at all to like aura photography or are those different things? Oh, no, it's totally the same thing. Okay. Or photography. Uh, yeah, uh, there's like the electric version of it. Uh, fuck, what is it called? I don't know. Don't I just worry. woke up. Uh, right. God damn it. <laughs> That's all right. Well, no, and Ted Sirius, do you know that guy? Ted Sirius? Sirius. No. S-E-R-O. He was a, uh, a bellhop in Chicago, like a serious alcoholic. <laughs> but he said, like, I have an ability to take psychic Polaroids with this device I have. And he called them thoughtographs or thoughtograms. Uh-huh. And it was bullshit, yeah. you know. Cool. But the pictures are gorgeous. That's amazing. Yeah, it reminds and, me of that process of the building. It reminds me of like, um, I don't know if, like my friend, this photographer, I guess he's a photographer, Joshua Citarella. He built, I mean, he does his things digitally though, but he builds these kind of like structured layer environments or uh, Shada Soleimani is this artist that I talked to a little while ago and she actually she prints and builds all the things and then photographs the installations but that stuff always gets me excited because it's just sort of like it's a puzzle like I don't know how the fuck the image was made and that oh, yeah. like in terms of photography that makes me excited because nothing against somebody who can just take a really nice picture of something but it's like I could look at that too uh-huh yeah I don't have to I, I yeah uh I have no, I, there's nothing I, I really want to document. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the world. Um, it's like, I'm not going to go see a movie if, if everything that happens in the movie could actually happen. Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> no, that does make like, sense. Yeah. Why would I want to watch somebody like, else's shitty life? Yeah. It's like <laughs> real. some moron's idea, something emotionally resonant. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time with this horseshit. You know, I'm going to go watch a werewolf 
movie. Yeah, that sounds good. We should like, we should all watch more werewolf movies. There should be there should be more werewolf movies. There's... Late phases. Did you see that one? No. That's a good one. It's about a uh, a blind old sort of badass old man who moves into an elderly community with a werewolf problem. Cool. It's a good one. I might still I don't know if it's on Netflix still. Maybe. Last phases? Late phases. Late phases. Oh, I yeah. get it. It's kind of like a, yeah, right? a little like moons and levels. Like, yeah, 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 but also old people are gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was a good yeah, fuck. But like that Ted Sirius guy and like, you know, nineteen fifties UFO photographs and shit like that, yeah. like manipulated photography made not even for the like for outsider art, manipulative photography made to bullshit people into thinking that UFOs are real and we're not alone in the universe. I think that's beautiful. It's exciting. Yeah. It's it's like it's a thing with a real purpose, I guess. I mean I love a good grift. Oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love long cons. Big fan of long cons. I like snake oil salesmen. Yeah. I feel like the word grift has become so so used online these days because so many people are doing a grift. Yeah. Well, it's like un- the Krasenstein boys and like on the Trump side. Oh my God. It's some, yeah. It's unfortunate because my last name is Carney, which means that I should be like genetically predisposed to grifting people. Yeah. I should be really good yeah, like, at it. They don't have the cool shit at the carnivals anymore. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Yeah. One time I watched that HBO series Carnival just because I knew that they were going to say my last name in it all the time and they did. I vaguely remember. It wasn't good. Decent. It was like it. It was almost good. It was very like several close. times. It was, it was almost good. Yeah. It was almost like oh, this is close to a David Lynch thing. It was visually really chewy. Like I liked. Oh, I yeah. liked watching it. I just the story. I was kind of like oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could, yeah. Yeah. Although it did, it, it did have the man from another place or whatever his name is. So. Yeah. Who's who turns out is a huge asshole. Really? Is he dead? I feel like he's dead. No. He's not dead. He's just uh, a racist prick. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, who, like, that's why David Lynch replaced him with a uh, a tree thing with like a brain on it. Yeah. Wow. God, that that, that twin, I've watched that third season like four times. I only point. watch. I only had free Showtime for X amount of time, and then I haven't gotten back around to watching it. But I I need to. It's 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 really quite good. Yeah. I've always loved his stuff. Yes, he's he's a lovely lovely boy. Um, oh, definitely. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for connecting with me today and showing us a oh, little totally. bit of the man behind the behind the mask. Oh, yeah. I think this is my, my first uh, audio appearance anywhere. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad that it could be on uh, Humor and the Abject, two, word, oh, totally. two words that describe your feed, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The <laughs> abject is very important to me. Well, yeah. The relationship between horror and comedy is something oh, yeah. like... If you take a look at my recent series, all that sort of like blue shimmery stuff uh-huh. is 16 millimeter surgical films. Gross. Abstracted out. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. The medical student gave, me, gave it to me out of the trunk of his car. Oh, like, how illicit. Oh, oh, totally. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This was fun. Next time I had to like... It's awesome. We should get a burger. It'll be fun. Yeah, man. We were talking about the beef here. I'm going beef crazy. It's great. It's nuts. It's, I can't stop eating cow. I think there's an El Chico in town there. Tex-Mex place. Okay. You, get the El, you get the El Matador special. El Chico. I'll check it out. Yeah. Is it the El Matador? Is that fucking... I don't know. I, but yeah. I bet I can find it. And we'll put a... I'll put a link in the, in the description to your site. So I want to encourage folks to... Uh, 
go buy some oh, of those very reasonably priced works of art. All right, have a good one, everybody. Yeah, thank Thanks you, thank you, Oliver. Right, talk to you later, Follow man. Bakun on Twitter, everybody, and uh, we. I will... mean, if you, like, I don't know if you want to, but you know. I think you should. I, I'm you telling should. you to. Oliver's not. Um, right. So to everybody out there listening, we'll catch you next week. Oh